give it just a minute for some people to join, and then we are going to kick off. I'm going to try to behave, but I can't promise nothing. <laughs> you just be your wonderful self. That is perfectly fine. I can do that. I've got, got my earbuds in. The kids can't hear, so you're you're all good. Say what you got to say. <laughs> yeah, mine's not here either, so that's why I was like, I have to plan this for when he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Let's see. Hey. Hello. Hey. Hi, Desi. How are you? Yeah, great. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, I think that we're all here now, and it's uh, three, 3.02 my time, so we're going to go ahead and kick off. So um, my name is Melissa, and I am the One Day Poet, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys today for the Pass the Baton interview. Um, I think this is interview number 18, so I'm going to kick off a little bit here, and then we're going to jump into some, some fun little questions and get to know Stephanie a little bit more. So... Who are we? So we are a community of writers who are united by our passion for writing and a common challenge, word improv. So what is word improv? It is a writing challenge where writers write a story using a set of new words. A story is broadly defined to include a tale, poem, skit, etc. There is no character minimum or limit. So all of you that are here joining us today, you can learn new words and participate in Word Improv by following Word Sleuth here on Instagram. So the purpose of today's interview, it's part of a series of Pass the Baton interviews where contributors to the Word Improv Challenge interview one another so that our community and audience learn more about improv, Word Improv writers and their work. So our last round of interview, included myself and so I am very excited to have the time passed to me today and turn around and interview our interviewee. So I'm going to introduce you all to Stephanie. So um, let's see, let's learn a little bit more. So here's a brief biography on Stephanie. So Stephanie has always been a lover of words. She started writing articles for her school papers at 12 years old. She was the youngest to be on all three platforms, TV, radio, and the paper. After finishing school, she took a long hiatus from writing, diving into poetry and short stories later on, primarily a prose writer. Her style is expressive and is about provoking emotions. She has been published in multiple anthologies, Raven Cage, Open Skies, Don't Forget Him, and The Fendo Coven, just to name a few. She has no degree or background in writing, just like myself, um, past dabbling the thoughts that come across her mind. She is always a dreamer and grew up reading poetry from Emily Dickinson. She published her first erotica story, July of 2022, Hidden Inhibitions. Her poetry is under the pen name Chameleon. All right. Let's see. Okay, Stephanie, so great to hear more about you. Uh-oh. What do we want to hear first? <laughs> uh, you know what? I think we're going to kick off, and what I want to hear from you is your most recent uh, or your favorite word improv story. So what is something that you've written for a Wordsloop improv that you would like to share with us today? Uh, 
that is actually what I'm trying to pull up right now. Um, let me get that pulled up. You're good. So, so I kind of base it off of one of my projects I'm going to have coming up, um, which I will explain. Do you want me to kick off with the word imprompt first? Absolutely. All right. Let me get it pulled up. Give me a moment. It's early. Normally, I try not to be awake this early. <laughs> okay. Especially on Saturday, right? Well, I mean, yeah, I have long weeks. So I'll put it that way. Yes. So let me get that kicked off for us so we can get started. Give me just a moment. So, yeah, this is going to be based off of one of my stories. Okay, so let me begin. And this was from Word Imprompt 24, I believe. Okay. She's audacious in her views, not afraid to take action. She'll get so loud that hundreds will form a cabal. It'd be no surprise that, that a controvert would occur with her personality. Leave it to a redhead to make an imprint to never be forgotten. Her creativity could be a little distraught, but inventive to find a new way or doohickey to make whatever work in her favor. Her articulation could be astounding and lucrative lucrative ways as I stumble. I wouldn't say that she was a raven, but a maven. Her mischievous smile may fool one who can only see an image. She's so quiet with a mind as loud as the thunder that will roar in the night. You'd never guess what her imagination would hide, but how she was never brave enough to be seen or heard. Hiding behind her long hair with a twinkle in her eye and a smirk you knew was trouble. She went from that shy girl into one who had lived. Her face had met tears from a broken heart in the disappointment. Her flesh had felt the burn of lies. But as a mother, she had seen ugly, not even the bravest would speak of. Holding the hands of a little boy who had seen more cuts, wounds than would ever want you would ever want. She had to mend his heart and from one broken heart to another. Together they became stronger as one. She was the girl with that life that had given so many beatings, and the lessons had given her the courage to finally be seen. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. Do you want to give us a little, you. A little more? Um, do you want to talk any more about the inspiration behind that piece? I know that was probably something really special and close to you. Um, yeah, actually. Um, so even though I'm primarily an erotica and romance writer, um, I have two stories I'm going to be doing, and I don't know when I'm going to release them. They're actually going to be nonfiction. One of them is going to be my memoir, which is that touches a little base on it, which will lead into my biggest project, which I'm taking classes for to learn how to write a manuscript. Um, which is going to be, I mean, in some regards, my life story, but also a combination of layers of things involving um, where I started and where I ended up. And it's more or less the story of my son, to be honest. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was 
um, very heartfelt and um, very powerful of a piece. It's amazing what, you know, all of us uh, read the words and, you know, we create these prompts and it's just amazing how we are all, all telling different stories that are so unique. So it's just really incredible how it all can come together. That's what Word and Prop is all about, right? Um, Absolutely. Well, thank you. Well, I've got a couple of questions that I would like to ask you today. Um, so, Stephanie, what inspired you to begin writing in the beginning? I know you were young. You were 12. I was actually right around the same age. So was there any kind of inspirational moment, or, or was it just something you were always drawn towards? Oh, boy. That's a hard question. Um, I was not very good at expressing myself when I was very young, so um, I started writing because it was the only way that I felt comfortable um, expressing myself. Um, I wasn't a very social person. Um, I kept to myself most of the time. You ever see those naked girls that hide behind their hair? That was me. <laughs> I remember those days myself, yes. Yes. So um, I, I found a love for it because it was a way that I could express myself, even if I wasn't comfortable doing it in front of people or talking about it. It was just that outlet that I needed. That's wonderful. I can definitely relate to that myself. You know, um, I think when we're young, sometimes it's really hard to find um, the words to express ourselves. So writing is just such a great tool for that, you know? It is. So you said in your younger years that um, that you did uh, writing, but also TV and radio. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what did you prefer more out of those three? You know, which, and why? Why was that, you think? Well, I mean, I didn't do a lot of that. And what happened is I had joined, again, in my younger years, working for a school paper, which I still admire and I love this paper still to this day. And I still get copies of it because... It is a great um, foundation to build on, and they have workshops, and it was called Bear Essentials here in Tucson, Arizona. Um, so funny story, I had teachers pushing me to write more because I had done some assignments, and they're like, you need to do more. You need to do this. And so I joined this workshop, and uh, the first one I wrote, was the one that actually went on all three platforms right out the gate. And uh, nobody had done all three on the first article or at that point in time been on all three platforms. So um, we, I got to say it on the TV, um, the, the radio and everything, and it was just, it was amazing. I loved it. And I actually hated the sound of my voice when I was younger. <laughs> I'm still not a fan of it. And I remember when I went to the radio station and I got to be on there, I was so nervous. I was shaking. <laughs> and um, the person doing the show, he told me, he's like, you know, all the great ones are always nervous just before they perform. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it was... Um, an amazing experience, but again, I prefer like sitting in my hole and writing at home rather than going on TV or radio. So, um, but it, it was a great experience. That sounds like a great experience. Probably helped 
you know, to start that early too, you know, I think that helps us be brave, you know, when you start out kind of, you know, younger in life, trying something like that too, because you have to be bold and to put yourself out like out there like that, right? Absolutely. And I tell everybody all the time, I love getting older now. I absolutely love it because birth, you know, in, even in my 20s, like if we'd been doing the show then, I would have been shaking like a leaf, like, ooh. But, you know, no. Getting older is a beautiful thing. <laughs> I could not agree with you more. Yes. Um, we start to really understand and realize, like, uh, you know, some of the things that are, you know, they really were just small things at the time, you know. And, uh, you know, you definitely find a lot of self-confidence, I think, with age. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay, so what can you tell us about um, your early prose writing? Anything about that you'd like to share with all of us? <laughs> um, I had so many writings. I think I had 20 books by the time I was 18. Wow. Um, yeah, I had a lot. I wrote at least uh, four or six pieces almost every day for a long time. Um, it, as far as my earlier pieces, you know, I don't have them anymore. I wish that I still did. I actually lost all of those, that content in those books. Um, as far as then versus now, um, I can tell you I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. <laughs> I have a lot more to say sometimes now than my earlier writings, but I didn't really do much with my early stuff. I mean, I wrote mostly for myself than for um, other reasons. So it's it's a lot different now. Yeah, more personal, I think, probably back then, whereas now you're thinking about probably your audience. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. So you mentioned a lot for Emily Dickinson growing up. So Anything you want to share about what drew you into her writing? Actually, um, I loved her writing before I did it, but what really drew me in is when I did an English paper of her, of her biography. Um, and I was actually already knew a, a lot of the information because I was insanely curious about her. And I think what drew me in is learning about her as a poet, her personality, and who she really was. And I was so drawn to her because I felt like I could relate to her. And it's something we always look for when we find a good writer that's somebody that we can relate to. And I just, she wasn't a big social butterfly. She had responsibilities and stuff, and I just, uh, Felt like I understood her when I read her pieces, especially. Yeah, absolutely. I can certainly understand that. So, um, okay, so we'll switch gears a little bit here. So you started out on the the prose and drawn to Emily Dickinson and everything, but you ended up writing um, erotica and then uh, published your first work, work, Hidden Inhibition. So I'd love to hear a little bit about the inspiration behind that, what drew you towards uh, writing erotica, like what was, um, uh, what led you down that path? If, you know, you want to want to share a little bit more with us about that. So, <laughs> we we all have that friend that has all of our dirty stories, right? <laughs> yes. And, you know, 
they're they're kind of like our our audience, and we got to test their reactions. <laughs> and I was having a conversation with a friend, and I told her I was thinking about going to write, going back to writing again. And we were joking, and we're we're horrible in our sense of humor. It's so dirty and smutty, it's not even funny. And she told me she's like, you should try writing erotic. I was like, no, I could never do that. I mean, no, yuck. <laughs> And she's like, no, you should. She's like, you've got all these adventures and everything. And this whole life you lived in your 20s, you know, you could write so much about it. And funny thing is, I was never even going to publish anything. Um, but I can't say no to a challenge. <laughs> and I told her, nobody would read my crap. Nobody would be interested. And I published it and sold over 600 books in six months. That's amazing. Um, that was before hidden inhibitions, and I was like, holy, wow, okay, people actually want to read what I have to say. Amazing. Now, in directions of hidden inhibitions, um, we all have that one muse, <laughs> that perfect man, that one we let get away that scares the crap out of us. We're like, oh, well, <laughs> where'd you come from? What's your flaw? What's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Well, so, well, there's got to be something, right? You know, no, but. No, no, not this man. He don't have a flaw. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Good. And, okay. So I got back in touch with an old friend, and it was somebody that had pursued me for years. And I, you know, no, 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 gotta run away. <laughs> And we actually still talk. We've known each other for over 15 years. He knows, you know, he's my male character in the book. He knows it's part of our story kind of thing. And he's he's my biggest inspiration in a lot of ways. But um, we it's, uh, how do I explain it? Complicated. Um, but when we started talking again, I started writing the book and... Um, I just, it just flowed out of me getting back in touch with him again. And then I realized, of course, you know, he's my muse for all of my erotica and my smutty mind. <laughs> um, how, um, how does he feel about that? He loves it. <laughs> we, we've been longtime friends. We used to work together and it was one of those scenarios of, okay, not today, but I'll see you again soon. Oh. But then uh, life happened, and the opportunity never came again. Um, so, you know, sometimes life just gets a hold of you and goes, nope, you're going to go this way. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he he encouraged me to write it. He, you know, always very encouraging in any ambition or crazy idea that I have, which is really not a good thing sometimes <laughs> really not a good thing but um yeah he loved it I sent him a copy of the book and everything and he always gives me tips and feedback still so I kind of always bounce ideas off of him oh. so but it's hidden inhibition is our story of what could have happened if we had taken that road 
Now that's really interesting uh, to base it like fully off of a person and a relationship and just taking the opportunity to explore that, you know, um, that, uh, you know, so sounds uh, pretty exciting for sure. So, um, well, thank you for sharing that. And, um, you know, it's always wonderful to have someone in our lives like that, though, that can be kind of that inspiration, but also that supporter. I mean, it sounds like, you know, this person in your life is super supportive of you too and encourages your endeavors, which I think is really important because sometimes, you know, when you're talking about, you know, a book with a subject matter, like you're talking about, you know, sometimes we can come across people that don't understand that interest and everything. So wonderful that you have uh, not only a great muse, but someone who supports that. So good for you. Yeah, he's, he's a wonderful person, so it's nice. And he's a writer, too, so kind of, you know, it's nice to have somebody to connect with that wants to see you succeed. That's wonderful. That is absolutely great. And um, good to get some uh, advice, you know, certainly when it comes to writing. So, um, all right. So, you know mentioned that emotions and self-expression are the primary forces behind your work. So what emotions evoke your creative energy the most? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> well, you want to ask the fun question. Um, you know, I really couldn't just say it's one emotion to my madness. Um, it, you know, I write often, you know, when I'm feeling happy, when I'm deep in thought. And I would say when I'm writing the emotions the most, it's just when I'm, I feel like I can't talk today. <laughs> in time, in a certain thought process, you know, that there's emotions and then there's emotions when you're lost in that train of thought that is so deep that you can't really even explain them. Um, and they're not really the ones that you would say out loud. So I'm not, not really sure how to best describe that. But, I mean, I think to write anything great or to be a writer, you have to explore every single emotion, not just one or two. Completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, emotion, I think, is kind of an inspiration, I think, for all of us. I mean, when you have any kind of strong emotion. I think for people that, that enjoy writing, it's, uh, you know, something that really kind of drives you into it. And you have to be passionate about a subject to write about it, I feel like. You know, there has to be some kind of passion behind that. And usually behind passion, there's also very deep emotion, like something that you're really wanting to explore, you know, whatever that is. Very true. Right, so it's always interesting to hear other creators process. So can you tell me more about how you approach writing a story? Mm -hmm. Madness. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure um, a lot of us have that. Before it was, I would say, I was a fly-by-my-pants kind of girl. <laughs> but um, I started taking some writing classes recently, so my process has been changing quite a bit to where before I even start writing the story, um, you know, plotting out my characters, their personalities, um, how I want the story to flow and the structure of it and stuff. 
So I definitely spend a lot of time planning more than what I used to, um, which if you know me, I don't like making plans. I like flying by my pants. But when it comes to the writing, apparently I like planning better. <laughs> yeah, it kind of plays an important part, right? Yes, <laughs> very much so. Do you have any tools that you like using to help you with that process? Oh, boy. Um, not really. I'm still old-fashioned pen and paper is my favorite tools. Um, sometimes, you know, the best tool in the toolbox is just to read, to not even do anything with the writing. Just sit down, open a book, explore someone else's mind, get curious about it, and see what, where it goes. But curiosity also gets you in trouble, especially me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think you're right. Now, sometimes um, uh, I don't know if you feel this way, but it's like it you can't really force yourself into the writing mindset. It kind of has to be something that you know you can. Sometimes you have to step back away, like you're saying, like read a book or do something that inspires you. Like we have to find inspiration somewhere. Sometimes it's watching a TV show or a movie, and you just never know when you're going to pick up something from that and it will kind of invade your work. I think my favorite thing to do, especially for the writing, um, is just having a conversation with somebody, you know, an in-depth conversation, not one of those, uh, you know, short and quick, but I always tend to get my best ideas by having a conversation with somebody that that's so deep, so passionate, and learn something new that it takes me to a whole other dimension. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, conversations and words are powerful. I mean, I think that's what, what leads us down the path of writing, right? You know, I mean, it's all these words that are coming together and, and telling stories. And I think that's one of the things that I can find a lot of inspiration from is storytelling, you know, like, understanding and learning other people's stories and you just never know when it can lead you kind of down a path that inspires your work. My favorite way to tell a story is to get crazy animated and it's got to be outdoors with a fire brewing under the stars that is still my ultimate favorite form of storytelling and just getting into the whole character part of it. I still love that. That's still my favorite. Uh, that sounds really nice, actually. Yeah, sounds like a good way to kind of get into the, the mindset of the character. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot with a question because when okay. you and I chatted before, I didn't give you this one, but um, when we chatted before, you mentioned that a lot of times in your books, you find it easier to write from the male perspective. So I'd like for you to kind of give a little bit more color on that, on maybe why you feel like that's something that you find um, find easier. That's actually supposed to be harder, but for me, it's actually been something kind of recent um, for I am going to have a new short story that I'm going to release, and it is from the male perspective, and it was something new that I had been exploring. And, you know, I think for me, as a woman, when I write from the woman's perspective, it's harder because 
I'm thinking like a woman, I get stuck in my thought process, and then you get to thinking about your vulnerability, and then you're like, do I want to put this out on display? (laughs) And then writing from the guy's perspective, I think, um, for me, it's easier to let go of that vulnerability. It's easier to um, let that flow with such ease, because I'm not thinking about the way that I'm feeling. I'm thinking about something completely different that is taking me out of that, hey, I'm stuck here for a moment kind of mode. But I also think it's really sexy to write from the guy's perspective. Like, there's this, I'm sorry, there are things and things said and done that men can do that just, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can I can see where that would be um, kind of an easier way to create. Now, and I, I can understand what you're saying, too, about how sometimes we can insert ourselves into the character if you're writing from the female perspective. So that's an interesting way to put that. And I can certainly see um, how you would feel kind of drawn towards um, wanting to create it more from the third-party perspective. So thanks for sharing that with us Just with an on-the-spot question there. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, you answered it great. So, um, awesome. So, you um, mentioned that you quit writing for a long time. So, any color that you would like to share on the reason for that and what ultimately brought you back to writing? Well, I just, I got to the point where I had nothing else to say anymore. And... Before, I was like, man, why did I quit writing for so long? But then I was actually thinking about that this week, and I'm like, you know, it's really hard to be a writer and not have some life experience, not have enough stories to tell of the stupid stuff you do, the lessons you learn, um, just everything. I mean, I was such a nerd green behind ears, good little Catholic girl. And whatever stories you've heard of Catholic girls are true. I'm just going to verify that. <laughs> but, you know, I I don't, I was regretting quitting writing, but I'm actually glad I did because I had time to actually focus on experiences. I had time to travel. I had time to dive into new opportunities and new perspectives. So, Life got a hold of me, and that was a big reason why I had quit. And I just, I didn't find the time to be able to write once I had to do the grown-up stuff and go to work and go to school, um, being a mother, um, all of those things. But um, I think I had to grow up a lot before I could really sit down and commit myself to my writing. Yeah, I think when we chatted about this before, that was something we both really related to because um, I'm in a similar boat, you know, took a, took a long break, you know, raising raising my kids and everything. And I think both of us have kids that are, you know, getting to the teenage years. And so you find yourself with a little bit more time on your hands. And there's something really rewarding about coming back around to that writing again. And like you're saying, like have actual stories to tell and have perspective gained. I think that's one of the best things as we age, like we just get so much perspective. Um, And I think 
hopefully gain an empathy too and being able to understand other people and their perspectives a little bit more. Yeah, and I remember the last thing I wrote was from my high school paper, and that's that's when I quit. Apparently, I found out you can piss people off when you write. <laughs> yes, you can also do that. And I had wrote something. I had an inside story. It was the biggest story in Tucson, Arizona at the time, and I got to write it for my paper. And I was dating one of the guys at the time whose mother worked for the place. Well, I should have known better. She wouldn't have liked my honesty. She never did like me from day one anyway. <laughs> and she went to my school and she threatened to sue. She threatened to bring in her lawyers and all of this stuff. It was the best thing I had ever written. I was pissed. I ended up dumping him for it. <laughs> for um, his mom, because I was like, you know what, I don't like this. But um, funny thing is, my teacher had decided that it was too good of a story. And where there is will, there is a way to get heard, even if you are being threatened. Mm -hmm. So I remember just before I dumped the guy, we were sitting in my living room, and the news came on. And then not on this story, word for word, my article, and I will, I'll never forget it. <laughs> My uh, dad was sitting there, and he was listening to the story, and he's all like, you ain't good enough for her. Get the hell out of here because she's going to get hurt either way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where my staff came from. <laughs> but um, it got hurt anyways. But, yeah, it was, it pissed off a lot of people um, that, club ended up getting closed down um, shortly after that. So, but it was, it was the biggest story and I got to write it. I just didn't get to publish it in the paper, but uh, my teacher submitted it to the news channel. That's, that's quite a story. Um, definitely. I mean, I can see where, um, you know, that could, lead you down a path of kind of questioning your writing, but I'm glad that you had people that supported you, you know, your teacher believing in you that this was an important story to be heard and your dad cheering you on, you know. Um, words have power, like we've been saying, you know, words are extremely powerful and there are some people that will try to suppress that, you know, um, around us. So I'm really glad that you uh, were bold and stuck to what you believed and um, that you got the message out because, you know, there's a lot of stories that we wouldn't know today if we didn't have journalists and other writers that are making sure that these messages and these stories are heard. So um, thanks for sharing that with us. That's super interesting. I just keep finding more and more about you, Stephanie, and I'm like, that's your cool. I mean, like, you're awesome. Yeah, he, he was pretty pissed when I quit the writing for a long time. Um, so my, my father and my mother were my biggest cheerleaders with the writing. Um, I actually just got some stuff back when I moved back to Tucson and found out they had kept every single thing I had ever written and pu had published. And I was reading through it. I was like, ooh, I don't like this. Ooh, I don't like this. <laughs> Why did I write that? I know. We're all <laughs> our worst critics, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, 
Um, that is, uh, it's always neat to, to go back and reflect on those stories, like from the past, you know, and um, realize that, you know, while it may not have been the most eloquently written, it's nice to see that you already, even at that age, you know, had perspective and were able to be observant of the world around you. You know, that's a gift. Not, not everyone can do that. Yeah, sometimes it ain't so good being so observant, but yeah, it can be a good thing. <laughs> very true, very true. Um, okay, so what are some things that you like to do when you're not writing? So a little bit more about you. There's anything you want to share? Oh, my. Um, I, I feel like I don't have enough time in a day to do all the things I want to do. So when I'm not writing, I love to go hiking. I don't like to stay on the trail, so I often get in trouble for that, too. <laughs> um, hiking, photography, uh, spending time with my son. He, he'll go hiking with me, too. Well, he used to before he became a teenager. <laughs> oh, oh. I, know, I know what that's um, like. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many things I like to do. I just I don't have the time to do it. I mean, I used to knit, crochet, embroidery. Um, I love to paint. Um, I love to do a lot of different things, and I'm always looking for something new to do. That's great. Yeah, I mean, always learning something new. You know, that keeps us young, right? Yeah. Does dancing in my kitchen count? <laughs> yeah. So do you have a favorite um, trail that you like to hike? Yeah, so there's actually one trail I want to do that I haven't done yet, and it's in Sabino Canyon here in Tucson. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I love Sabino Canyon so much. Um, but there's a hike I want to do there that is called the Seven Falls. It's the longest hike in Sabino Canyon, but it's beautiful, and it's literally seven falls into one big fall. And it's it's just gorgeous. That sounds um, incredible. About that time of year to where I want to go do that hike. So I may end up, when it starts warming up a little bit more here, I may head out and do that hike at some point and take my camera out and go take some pictures. Yes, you should. You should. And then you'll probably write a story about it, right? Probably. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so um, what inspired you to read the word sleuth piece? I know we talked about it a little bit already, but what inspired you to read that piece, and what do you enjoy about writing on the word improv? Oh, boy. You know, I looked at the words, and I just, um, I didn't even think about it. I just, I just wrote it, but I... I I did that one. I'm still working on another piece that I want to post soon, but that was, I think that's still going to be my favorite regardless. But um, as far as the word prompts, I love them because it gives me something to think. I love doing stuff like that because it's challenging. And it's not like, for me, when I write them, I don't have a particular idea of direction I want to go. I just, I go with it, the flow of it, and go from there. And I think, you know, it gets you out of your comfort zone. It challenges you. Um, it gives you the ability to say something maybe you weren't expecting to say as you're writing that in from. 
Yeah, I could not agree more. What I uh, love about it is how you can kind of read through, you know, six words every time, but it's so incredible how reading through them, it's like all of a sudden the the story starts building in your mind, you know, and it kind of paints a picture. And, you know, that's what's so great about writing prompts, you know, how everyone can, you know, we have the same words, but we're all creating something so different. You know, we all bring our unique talent or quality to it. So it is really amazing just seeing the, the many differences and the variety of things we create from it. Absolutely. All right, so um, what advice would you give someone that's like you, and also I mentioned myself, that isn't formally educated in writing but wants to write professionally, like would uh, like to pursue that as a career? Um, get out of your comfort zone and don't be afraid to go have some experiences. I think, and this is going to sound horrible, so forgive me, we're so politically and socially correct anymore that we don't really get out of those comfort zones. We don't take the risks. We don't go for the experiences. We're afraid of making a mistake. We're afraid of saying something that isn't perfect. Or this, there's this illusion we have to hide behind of, I have to be this version because this is what everybody wants. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to be anybody but your damn self. <laughs> yeah. And I think formally educated writers, they are brilliant minds. And I think having an education is wonderful. But my perspective is this. That will help you with your structure. That will help you with many, many, many areas of being a writer. But to be a writer, you have to have experiences. You have to understand and know every emotion that you've ever gone through. And you can't be afraid that just because you don't fit into this box of having an education doesn't mean you should stop pursuing what you love. And if you're passionate about it, just write. And you never know what you're going to put down. That's incredible advice. Um, I, I love that you said all of that and completely agree with you. I mean, there is a to a certain extent, it's about like being brave, you know, and um, I think what I've realized over the years and I feel like what helped, held me back sometimes with telling my stories is always thinking about what someone else's opinion of that writing might be. But we can't write, you know, out of that vein, right, because that's not our own truth. You know, we have to write about what our truth is and what our, um, what, our story is like you're saying you have to have those experiences and then be able to write about them and I think that that is an aspect that all of us need to understand more of and then just being brave you know you can't pass everything through well what is so and so going to think of this you know if we did that no one would create anything great right you know it's true and I think you know there's a part of all of us writers that um, when we're young we're kind of scared of our voice so it does take bravery to get out of that comfort zone and uh, go for it. And we all need that one crazy friend or a dozen crazy friends that I have that push us out of our comfort zone. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank goodness for the crazy friends who tell us, you can do this, you know, do it, you know. I believe in you. Um, there's just so much power in that, you know. I mean, uh, 
I think it goes back, and I said this when I was interviewed, like you just never know the impact that someone else can have on you or that you can have on someone else, you know, just being that encourager and that supporter. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, what's what's going to be the worst case scenario if you say what's on your mind? Someone going to smack your hand? Okay. Smack me. I might like it. So what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's like, what's the, what's the worst that, that could happen, you know? But at least it's not, you know, just keeping keeping the words inside and not exploring your own talent. Like, it, you know, we have a duty to to explore what those talents are and to share them with the world. I mean, otherwise, it's just it's just a waste. It is, and um, I, I'm straight with everybody. It's like I'm not going to be 100% correct all the damn time, but I'm be completely honest with you. <laughs> Well, and we need that. We need honesty. Yeah, we do. And I think, I don't know, there's just, there's something about words, writing is just so damn empowering and freeing just being able to do it. Yes, completely agree. I mean, it's just something that just makes you feel like, wow. I know myself, and I know what I want to say, and I get the opportunity to say it. That, that's it's a, It is empowering, truly. I remember the first time I put my erotica out there, I was so terrified. I was scared. I was like, I should not be doing this. This is bad advice. Don't do this. Don't do the thing. What if they know that I'm kinky? No, don't do this. <laughs> I was like, people are going to think I'm crazy. And then, you know, just with some persuasion, I had some friends that talked me into it. I was like, I didn't even want to, I didn't even want to look at the comments at first. <laughs> I can understand that perspective for sure. You know, there's always like a fear because, I mean, I feel like writing, it's kind of like putting your heart and like your soul like on a platter and serving it up for people. And, you know, you're a little nervous about whether or not they're going to like it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's definitely when you write the erotic and romance, you're <laughs> you're putting your vulnerability on the line, you're putting your heart on the line. You might be triggering people to pop in your DMs that don't need to be in your DMs. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine uh, some of those DMs. <laughs> yeah, you can. I think that's why now I just respond with, "Aren't you cute?" and go block. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not not bad advice. Not bad advice. So, um, uh, well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so interesting. I just love hearing more about you and your process and, you know, just some of the thoughts and motivations that go behind, you know, being brave and, and being, a, being a writer. And um, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about, like, what we can expect next from you. I know you mentioned some, uh, maybe some short stories coming. Anything else you want to share with us? Um, yeah, I mean, I do have a short story coming. I'm not going to release the title yet, but it should be coming out in the next, I'm going to say, two, three months to be on the safe side. Um, it will be available on Amazon. It's the one written from a male's perspective. Um, it's going to be a little bit more smutty. <laughs> it's not romance-based, so it's going to be smutty. Um, but it's, I, I love it. Um, it was something I actually did for one of my classes. We had to write a short story and stuff. 
and it was the first thing that came to my mind, and I was just like, this is going to be perfect as far as future projects. Um, don't worry, I'll keep the dirty stuff coming, but um, <laughs> the short story will be free. I don't know when I'm going to do another novella or what I'm going to add on to Hidden Inhibitions. I, I don't know that yet. Um, my memoir, my story on my son and stuff will come out eventually. It's probably going to be a process of a few years before anything like that gets done or gets started. Um, I have so many stories I write for. <laughs> I, I do have a Valentine's Day story coming out um, in the Femdom cover, and it's an anthology that I write for that is for short stories. It's got stories in it for BDSM, lots of kink, lots of dirty stuff, um, lots of submissive, lots of lots of stuff that you dream about at night. <laughs> um, so that will be coming out. I do believe we plan on launching it on February 1st. Um, and in fact, February 1st as well is when voting is going to begin for um, the nominees of the Golden Pigtail Awards, which Hidden Inhibitions was nominated for in the erotic romance category. Awesome. So what would be, uh, what would you recommend to anyone listening that would like to find out more about you? Like where should they go to learn more about you besides your, is there anywhere besides your Instagram page that you would encourage them to keep up with you? Um, I do have a Facebook page. It's under the same name, Author SL. You can find it. Um, I tend to post the dirtiest stuff on Instagram. It's just a little bit more forgiving than Facebook is. Um, <laughs> I plan on putting a website together. Again, that's going to be a long process as well. And with the website, you know, anything that I have published, I'll have it linked on there. I do have a short story on another website for the subscription base. You can find lots of erotica writers, lots of romance, lots of different stuff. And it's called eroticfantasies.ca, I believe, because it's Canada-based. But okay. I do have a story or two up there. Um, so I'm in lots of places, and I'm hoping to expand and see where this crazy ride takes me next. That's so exciting. Well, it's been so awesome learning more about you. I did want to see, I know we've got Desi on as our alternate. Desi, do you want to ask any questions of Stephanie? Hey. hey. Yeah, I would really like to. Uh, but before I proceed with what I want to know, I saw this question in the comments. I'm going to read it. Uh, do you feel accomplished or do you have an imposter syndrome? And if you do, how do you deal with it? No, I don't actually. Um, I don't feel like I have any of that. Um, I don't feel like I ever have to be anybody different or anything like that in order to write or anything in those regards. So I would say no. Yeah, that's great, I think. Um, okay, so we scratched the surface a little on this one, but I think that you can add a lot more 
on this specific question that I'm going to ask you. As you're an erotica writer and you said that you're currently writing your, your life story and your son's story and you're really an audacious per per a person, but maybe you haven't been that forever. Like you said, you used to keep to yourself that you were a nerd. <laughs> yes. Um, I know many young and aspiring authors uh, who are terrified at the thought what people would think of them when they read their personal stuff uh, or that some of their family or friends might be offended because they share details of other people's lives, even with fake names. And there are people who are scared to publish because of this. What would you tell someone who feels like this, who has these issues? I would say follow your instincts. Um, you're going to offend people. You're going to upset people as a writer. It's part of the process because, in general, honesty offends people. Um, putting their details out there in a story is putting their vulnerability out there. So, yeah, that can offend them even with fake names as well because someone you mutually know may know exactly who you're speaking about. But um, to be a writer, you have to be okay with offending people. And sometimes that will be your friends. Sometimes that will be your family. Sometimes that will be somebody who doesn't even know who you are. Um, but it's all part of the process at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. But... How do you how do we get in terms with this thought? Learning lessons. Um, <laughs> um, getting uncomfortable. <laughs> I used to be that way. I was very scared and that's one of the things that has stopped me from those nonfiction stories that I write is I am afraid of offending people. I I know it's gonna make me uncomfortable and um that's kind of why it's going to be such a long process for me to finish those other projects is because um, I have to accept that. And uh, it's something I contemplate and I think about every time I add more to those stories. Um, it just, it's never going to get comfortable is the problem. Yeah. But uh, it's just our own error, I think. We have to get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that's part of anytime you write anything in those regards or anything, there's a vulnerability that is on display, not just for yourself, but for everybody else. And uh, yes. the, thing is that if you, the thing is that if you start sparing everyone everything, it's just not going to be true. Yeah. It's a, uh, a challenge. Yeah. Okay, so I think all of us here uh, agree that in art and in life, actually, uh, we must be open, we must be sharing, not embarrassed to speak or write about our fears, our pain, our sexual experience or I, our psychological issues. But do you think and where is the line, the limit to this openness? What's better left unspoken or unwritten? 
That's a good question. Um, I don't, I think the limit is going to be different for each and every person. There's not, not a set limit. It's, the limit is reached when you, you have to decide how comfortable you're going to get. And that's going to be a different limit for each and every person, whether they are the writer or the reader. Um, as far as my limit, I haven't found it yet. Um, not yet, anyway, but I'm working on it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to set a limit on something um, because it's going to be different for each individual's problem. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Very yeah. Um, and as uh, you're an erotica writer for now, mostly, um, and I think we've never had one on these interviews, I would like to ask you, because I think you know the answer, what is the secret to writing erotica in an intelligent way? Oh, boy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> In an intelligent way, <sighs> being uninhibited and uh, not putting a limit on it. I mean, I know we just talked about limits, but for me, I don't like limits, really, to be honest. <laughs> um, intelligently, that's so hard to say because it's different for everybody else. For me, it's curiosity. And that's the component that you see in all of my eroticas, is there is a need for a little bit more. <laughs> um, and it's driven by curiosity for me. But um, that's so hard to say. Um, that is a tough question for me, actually. <laughs> Okay, I, I think it was actually. <laughs> I think it it was actually a good answer what you just said, <laughs> that we can leave something to people's curiosity maybe. <laughs> I, I just read somebody's comment. They said, "Don't fear the wor words." <laughs> I'll try not to. I promise. <laughs> Um, and what, what was your question, Desi? I'm sorry, I got distracted by that comment. <laughs> um, I don't have other questions, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, anything either one of you want to ask me or curious about or um, read a piece of mine that you want to know more about? No, Actually, I found the whole interview very interesting and I loved uh, that part when you said that uh, fearing to be always politically correct and everything, we are not too eager to step out of our comfort zone. I just love that. So I think it was a very, very thorough and smart interview and I don't have more questions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you.
given us all a lot to think about and um, helped us all really think about that we don't need to always be worried about the boundaries, you know, like the boundaries are only what exists within our minds, right? You know, um, we should feel free to explore ourselves and our experiences and tell them from a position of truth, right? Yeah, I think so. Then again, I've always been that person that's been, let's push a little harder. <laughs> Well, obviously, it's resonating with a lot of people, and people are interested in hearing stories that I think are fresh and brave, and, you know, um, there, there's a lot of romance and erotica out there. So I think to stand out, I mean, you have to be willing to um, think outside the box a little bit. So I look forward to checking out your work, and uh, really, I thoroughly enjoy getting to know you better. Um, you really have given me a lot to think about as well. So. Um, I really appreciate your time today. Is there anything else that you want to share with us or the, the Word Sleuth community? Um, no, just thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate everybody's comments. I was noticing them. I'm going to go back and go comment and reply. And thank you for the time. I think this community is fantastic. I can't wait to uh, get more involved in it and learn more about other writers in the community as well. Well, I agree. That's wonderful. And um, for everybody watching today, um, Pass the Baton interview number 19 is going to take place on Sunday, February 5th at 9 a.m. Um, PST, noon EST, and 6 p.m. CET. And you, Stephanie, will actually actually be interviewing Serena um, from uh her handle is at Serena Strauss, and Keith, uh, with Keith Gray Writing, will be the alternate for the next one. So I definitely look forward to tuning into that. Um, for all of you that are watching today, if you're not currently following WordSleuth, we really want to encourage you to follow the account, uh, learn new words, you know, participate in word improv, exercise your writing muscle, um, and if you um, would like to get involved in any of these past the baton interviews in the future, feel free to send a direct message here up to WordSleuth. Um, and uh, anyway, make sure to uh, follow um, Stephanie at CA Millions Truth. And then you can also find uh, myself, Melissa, the One Day Poet, and Desi on uh, Instagram as well. So we really appreciate your time today and engaging with you here, Stephanie, and I'm already looking forward to the next one. Uh, these are so wonderful. It's great to learn about other authors and their process. Absolutely. It was a pleasure getting to talk with both of you today. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely.